Welcome to the Learning Exchange, where L&D and HR professionals can dig deep into the ever-changing landscape of online learning and talent development. Each episode, we'll explore innovations in learning and discuss best practices with special guests from inside and outside the learning world. L&D is evolving, and the Learning Exchange is here to help you keep pace. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Learning Exchange. On this episode, let's talk about maintenance in the LMS or in your learning technology. So when was the last time that you did spring cleaning at home? My guess is that uh, if you have been shifted from an office to working from home over the last 18 months, you've probably done quite a bit of cleaning at home. So what about the last time that you actually did spring cleaning at work? And what I'm talking about here is really like, when was the last time you opened up all your file cabinets and your drawers and maybe all of your notebooks and, and you got rid of, you purged, you archived the things that you're no longer using? More importantly, did you uh, kind of have an understanding of why you're not using it anymore? And how did you ju- go through that process of deciding what needed to be chunked? What about the last time that you did spring cleaning on your computer? There's a good chance that your computer maybe told you that it needed something to be done because it maybe either slowed down or gave you one of those lovely disk is full, running low on memory messages. What, what all of these things have in common is that they're all environments that are going to signal to you when something needs to be done, right? You can see a layer of dust, house is dirty. Um, There's no more room in the drawer, no more room in the file cabinet, time to purge some files. Um, Computer starts to run slow, Uh, maybe uh, performance issues with just being able to save documents or corrupt files, time for maintenance on the computer. A couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast focused on the idea of putting your content, your learning content on a cleaning or a maintenance cycle so that maybe every quarter you're reviewing your learning content and looking for ways to make some tweaks or um, updates so that you're not having to completely rebuild things over and over and over, giving a little bit more life to your content. But What about the learning technology itself? When was the last time that you did maintenance on it? And I'm not talking about maintenance in the form of processing um, a system update. Maybe your learning provider releases quarterly updates and you've got to go through that whole cycle of testing and, and testing and testing and testing, hoping that nothing breaks. But when was the last time you really just, aside from adopting some recent uh, updates, when was the last time you actually did maintenance on the learning environment itself? My guess is it's probably been a while. And I think this is a common problem uh, in my own career. I have fallen victim to it. I have worked at organizations that have fallen victim to it. And far too often what ends up happening is you sort of get this compounding of pain. Yeah, right, starts off something small, seemingly just a minor annoyance. And this little thing doesn't work, or we saw this issue come up once or twice. We found the workaround, and then uh, kind of stopped the the bleeding for a minute, and then something else creeps up. In any event, uh, kind of neglecting that maintenance over time always ends the same way. It always ends in, all right, this system doesn't work. It is time to rip and replace it. And the fact that we go to that as our next step uh, 
says a lot. Um, I think also many times we go to that place and say it's time to rip and replace, but then we extend the life by a couple of years because we dread the rip and replace motion. It's very painful. We don't have to start all over. We don't have to train our people on how to use a new system. And so it just ends up being just a big giant ball of pain and you don't have to go through that. Over the last 12 to 18 months, as we started to see businesses being disrupted in 10 million different ways because of COVID, one of the things that I heard very consistently through the learning and development community was people were taking the time during the disruption of COVID to revisit their learning content. In some cases, they were putting that on a maintenance schedule for the very first time. And then they were doing an evaluation of their learning technology. And in many cases, businesses realized that either the tech they had just, they'd outgrown it or it no longer worked for their business. So they found themselves in the rip and replace conversation. Now, in my own career, I have been guilty of doing the rip and replace thing once or twice, um, mostly because we have just neglecting the maintenance. And I think when we think about our learning technology and identify what we can do to maintain it, we can really extend the life. We can make the technology work for us. We can be really plugged in to how it's being developed and how it's evolving over time and try to marry what's happening in the technology with what's happening in our business and looking for ways to really keep those two things always fresh and moving forward. A couple of questions I have for you. Do you happen to know how many workarounds your learner community has relative to the learning technology? Not the content, but the learning technology itself. What about your managers? How many of your managers have workarounds? Maybe reporting might be a sore spot for them. Maybe um, just the motion of assigning training could be painful. In many cases, I think you know, your learners and your managers are going to have some issues. It's technology and there's a human factor. So there's always going to be room for some issues to, to pop up. But many workarounds are in place. What about for you, if you're the system administrator, how many workarounds do you have? And um, how many of those workarounds have you just tolerated? And maybe in hindsight, you could have push the pause button and taking a look for root cause and to see if maybe there's a way for you to, to navigate, kind of work around it, to get to a resolution. I thought that today I would actually share just a, a few tips, uh, best practices, if you will, on how you can get your learning technology environment into a regular maintenance cycle and, and what that entails. Uh, the first thing that I think we can do is put all of the components of the environment, so that's the configuration, that is the, the look and feel, that's the categorization, that's the permissions, that is uh, any assignment rules, that's any pre-built templates or reports that you may have available out there. Put all of that stuff on a cycle. Set it on a calendar. Document it every quarter. Let's make sure we're looking at the features and functionality that are in use and making sure they're still valid. Um, looking at things we're not using and start to identify what might trigger an indicator that I might want to start using some new features or functionality. Think about that the same way you think about your content. Think about it the same way that you do all the other things I talked about. The only difference here is that the, the learning technology itself 
doesn't tell you that it needs maintenance. Like the other things that we talked about where you might see performance issues, you might see obstacles. Your learning system's not going to tell you um, that it needs maintenance, but your people will. In addition to putting everything, documenting a cycle and really being very specific about it, every time you go through that review cycle, update your other documentation. And this next bit of documentation is something I think a lot of people forget to do, right? It becomes painful only when you realize how valuable it is in time of need. And that is documenting the current environment. So making a list of all the features you're using and not using. Making a list of all of the assignment rules you have in place, all the automation that's taking place, documenting how your user profiles are being constructed, what are all the attributes, why are they what they are, how are they being used. It sounds like a lot of work. And I think the first time that you build that set of documentation, it is a lot of work. It's kind of painful, but it's well worth it because then when you go to maintenance, you can just go down your list and say, stop, start, continue. Uh, right? Like we look through everything. We've got a checklist basically. And we come away from that review cycle with a nice picture of what was, and we have a record of what changes we made in this documentation. It is also really, really critical that you not just document what the configuration is, but include why that configuration was put in the way it was put. What goals were you trying to accomplish? What business challenges or environment were you trying to navigate that led you to configure the system the way you did? Why did you choose to use this feature and not that feature? Um, having those things documented really helps tremendously. You don't have to like remember where it's stored in the dark corners of your brain um, because it's on paper and we can then share it with other people. We can have a a group that can start to help us with kind of dividing and conquering this review cycle. Don't worry if you don't have this document already, start now. Never too late to start and um, right, chip away at it. The next thing is really don't be afraid to survey your learners and get honest feedback on what's working and what's not working in regard to their usage of the learning technology. I think our learners are really quick to tell us when the content's good. Well, maybe not good. They're good. They're quick to tell us when the content's horrible. Let's be real. Um, we don't often get the, uh, hey, that course was amazing. I loved it. But maybe create a, a mechanism that allows your learners to have a clear path to give you feedback on what things are working and what things are not working so that you can really just be plugged in. A lot of times, I think when we are behind the scenes or when we're focused on cranking out content or recruit, we're focused on a number of other things, looking at the system itself and really understanding what's happening with it falls really low to the priority list. Uh, next, I think it's important to create a baseline of your metrics. So understanding the usage of the system. Um, and if you haven't already done this, maybe take the opportunity now to make a list of the key metrics that you'd like to track and use these things not as a way to report out to the business on what's happening, but just for you and the learning team to really understand the behavior. Think about things like the um, if you're able to get to the information, how many times in a given month are people logging in? What's the, what's the login frequency and the return visit frequency? Uh, look for things like... Uh, average number of enrollments in a, a specific period, uh, 
get a baseline to understand if you launch some new training and you put a lot of focus to it and you really communicate and market it and it maybe it's even a compliance or a mandated training keep a, a watch and start to set some baseline so that you understand what normal is what does normal performance look like what's the normal engagement the normal activity look like so that you can really look for any spikes or any uh, dips in those numbers to give you a good easy quick indicator when there might be some issue that's worth digging into. The next thing is really to put an internal support channel in place. And I think, you know, in many cases, we neglect this one quite a bit too. Uh, we might expect that our learners are just going to send something to our internal help desk. Maybe they're going to send something right to the learning team. Nine out of 10 times, they're, they're calling for maybe a password reset issue, or they are reaching out because they had some trouble with accessing their content. Make sure that there's a clear and consistent path. Make sure everybody knows, how do I report an issue? And here's a little tip. Use that same channel to also allow them to give feedback when they have an idea on how to make something better. Maybe they ran into an obstacle. They figured out how to work around it themselves. And through that, they've come up with some sort of a solution that could be presented back to you and your team to take action. Even though you're not the tech provider, a lot of times your learners can help you come up with some pretty creative ideas. Again, we oftentimes sit on the back end of the system and we aren't as in tune with the learner experience as we would like to be. Uh, we're really plugged into the administrator experience that makes us sometimes very numb to the broader user experience let your learners bring some ideas and recommendations and maybe let their feedback help you identify where you could make some configuration tweaks and adjustments. Um, also, their feedback can help you understand maybe when there's a signal that some new feature might be ready to be adopted. Uh, maybe that thing that you've always wondered about in your learning system that you've not quite used. Listen to your learners. Let them give you a signal as to when that thing might be really well received. The next thing is really to set up a plan for reviewing any support issues on a recurring basis. And ideally, this is happening on a monthly frequency so that we're really trying to stay in touch with what's happening. Um, it can be a bit heavy to do it on a weekly basis, but if you've got the bandwidth then your team can handle it by all means and let you really stay in the moment. But make sure that you have a way to collect the feedback, to review what you're hearing, and then ultimately to analyze and look for trends. Um, where possible, also involve your learning technology provider. Um, in some instances, the things that you're seeing and hearing might seem very isolated, but to them could be a series of patterns that points them to some issue that they can go resolve. Um, also, it's good for them to understand the context of your user's behavior and kind of their experience. Much like you're on the backside of the system for your learning community, your tech providers are on the backside of the system for you. And so it's not always easy for them to really understand what's happening with your learners and how to help maybe proactively prevent some issues or help you find ways to uh, to just resolve things before they get to a point. You never know when the feedback that your people bring, you might have an impact on the solution. Also that could maybe help your learning provider. And by 
by that, um, you're benefiting every customer that might potentially use the product. I think a lot of times we we find whether it's your learners giving feedback to you, whether it's your managers giving feedback to their managers, a lot of times people might have an issue and they feel like, my gosh, this issue is so obvious. Surely I'm not the only one that's ever had this issue. I'm pretty sure somebody already reported it, so I'm not going to say anything. I guarantee that's happened in your company at least once. So make sure that you encourage feedback. And again, a lot of times people don't give feedback for what I just described, but they also don't have a clear channel to give the feedback to. So make sure that you're encouraging the feedback. And even if 10 people report the same thing, great. Like now we know how widespread it is. We get a sense that it's more than just the one person, the one off. And a lot of times in just the hustle and bustle of our day, um, I think it can be, be easy to go, oh, I heard that one time. That can't be that big of an issue. The last tip that I would give you is really to communicate, communicate, communicate. Let your learners and your managers know what you're doing. Help them understand that this learning environment, the learning technology itself is a living and breathing thing. And we are going to put it on a maintenance cycle like we do everything else. We're going to be constantly looking at whether or not it's time to open up more functionality or maybe pare back some functionality. Maybe we make some tweaks. Um, we start getting a little bit more automated in some areas of the system. Um, involve your learners in what you're doing. Bring them in for feedback. Um, let them help contribute and shape the direction that you take things. And be transparent with them. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, organizations get really, really mired in um, this is kind of my part of the world. And so I'm just going to work in a bubble and then I'll make a big splash when it's time to make a big splash. Involve people. Do this both with your employees as well as with your learning vendor or partners. Uh, make sure that you're letting your partners know in a productive way, not just reporting that something's broken or that there's an issue, but um, in a productive way that actually brings a solution or recommendation to the table as well.